Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right now, let's talk Falcons with our man Dave Archer, analyst for our Atlanta Falcons. And Arch, the big thing I think for the Ravens going into this game is Taylor Huntley, right? Uh, Tyler Huntley, the, the quarterback, because we now know Lamar will not play on Saturday. Yeah, it's been different for them. They've lost the last couple, and, and they have run the ball really well, Carl. When you look at what they've done, they ran up for over 200 yards two weeks ago. This weekend, they were right at 200 yards against Cleveland. They're just not scoring any points. They've struggled in the red zone. Uh, Huntley's not as dynamic, certainly, in the run game, um, and that's where Lamar hurts you down close when you get down north, uh, near the red zone. His ability to, to pull it down and take off and punch the ball in the end zone, that adds another dynamic. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is back on the field, and Dobbins has run for over 100 yards in his last two games. He's only played in six all year, but his last two games are more up to the speed of what they're expecting uh, from from their second-round pick back in 20 out of Ohio State. So they're trying to get back to speed, but, yeah, without Lamar Jackson in the game, they've been dramatically different on the offensive side of the ball. Art, right, let me ask you, this isn't about making excuses or anything like that, but the jarring nature of what happened to Dean Pease and the fact you have to kind of reshuffle the deck a little bit to uh, execute, execute your game plan, how much did that lend itself to the Saints going up 14 nothing, and also kind of uh, putting Desmond Ritter behind the eight ball maybe a little bit? Well, I, I like to think that once the game kicked off, Rob, that that was not you know part of the factor. Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly how he called the game, might have been a little bit different, and how could it not be? I mean, you got Dean Pease that's got a wealth of, uh, of experience. Not that Frank Bush doesn't. Frank uh, interim, uh, was the interim D.C. In, uh, in the, with the Jets in 20. He was the D.C. for Houston for two, for two years back in the year 2010. So uh, it's not, it wasn't his first rodeo, but still, you get 20 minutes before the game, Rob. I'm, gonna, I'm saying, okay, I know, I know you could do it with the radio show. Hey, Rob, you're gonna you're gonna host the radio show here in the next 20 minutes. You're, it's all you, and and you could do that. But being Absolutely handed the reins to a D, I know you can. I know you can. That's why that's why it was, that's why it's probably a really horrible comparison. But you know, being being handed the reins of the defense and saying, okay, you're gonna call the defense play for play as opposed to contributing from some of those plays or contributing based on what you're seeing upstairs or what you're seeing along the sideline to be able to, to get in Dean's ear and say, hey, this is going on, that's going on, might want to consider this. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to do all that. Now, you was getting help. Uh, Ted Monachino is an outstanding coach as well, and Ted was helping him, the other linebacker coach. But, yeah, I, I think you probably reeled a little bit there in the first couple of series. Now, the touchdown pass that's thrown over the top of the Falcons, that's on Richie Grant completely. That's a horrible play by him. He cannot play the football that way. You're the last line of the defense. That's why they call you a safety. Um, if you're going to make a play on a ball like that and undercut it, you've got to knock the ball down. Just a horrible play by him. But how about the hole it dug for Desmond Ritter, but you didn't see, you know, you're down 14 nothing. You've had the ball for three plays. I mean, you talk about, you know, handling and holding your poise and taking care of your business. Now, I know the stat line wasn't there, but a lot of people would have run and hit, and, and Des didn't do that. 
Let's talk about what we expect in game two as we talk to Dave Archer here, our analyst for the Atlanta Falcons. His second start. He'll be more relaxed, I'm hoping. Uh, you know, it's always nice to get those jitters out, and you said it, trying to overcome some adversity that he had really nothing to do with the defense let, it, let you down there the first couple of series. What are you expecting against the Ravens, and how do you attack this Ravens defense, Arch? I know you've watched them, and, and what are you seeing? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, Carl, as to how do you attack them. And you go back to last week, Cleveland got out of her on the ground. Cleveland uh, did something nobody else had been able to do, and that's pound out the run game, certainly – uh, that bodes well for Atlanta. Atlanta's ability to run the football. Atlanta's run for over 145 yards in 11 of their 14 games, over 100 yards in 13 of the 14. So it, it's certainly something that's traveled with them. They've been able to take their running game wherever they've gone. They'll need to in this game. Obviously, the conditions are going to be adverse. Uh, throwing the football is not going to be conducive to what we're going to see weather-wise from a cold and maybe even from uh, from a precipitation standpoint. So going to need to be able to run the football but that's what Cleveland did they lined up pounded them with Nick Chubb and they ran for over 140 yards on a team that had been given up about a 60 70 yards a game over their last six so that's Atlanta's MO they're going to have to get in and try to get after them get physical Baltimore knows that they also know what they put on tape last week and they'll want to try to regroup there so all that being said based on the way these two teams run it Carl this must be this may be much like the game tonight. The armed forces. Well, this game may last forty five minutes. He's going to run the football. Both these teams want to run the ball, and based on how cold it cold it is, the players may want to just last forty five minutes to get the hell out of there too. So it'll be interesting to see which team can impose their will in the run game. Yeah, talk about that, Arch. You know, running the ball a steady amount in the first half is like it's like in boxing. It's a body blow. You can wear the defense down. Now, you compound that with a guy like Tyler Algier at 5'11", 225, doing it, and the cold, could that compound the amount of punishment that they could dole out if, if successful? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Rob, I mean, you're, you're a 190-pound, 200-pound defensive back, and you've got a 225-pound freight train coming downhill. I'll come up and hit him a couple times but as the body starts to cool down and we get in the middle part of the third quarter. I'm not really interested in hitting that guy anymore. <laughs> Can I clip him? Can I roll my body in front of him? And now all of a sudden, Algiers runs aren't five yards. All of a sudden, now they're 10, maybe they're 12. Maybe he rips one off for 20 or 25. And that's the same thing they'll, same thing they'll be thinking. J.K. Dobbins not as big a back, but a very similar situation. Now they could put Gus Edwards in there, who's a big, powerful dude as well that can run the football. So, both these teams will want to attack this game very similarly, but you, you're right. There, there's not a lot of DBs that are interested in coming up and hitting the guy anyway at that size, but you go ahead and throw in the fact that it might be zero or 10 degrees, that amplifies the problem. What about Roquan Smith? Uh, how well is he playing for them, in your opinion, and then what do you try to do to neutralize him? Do you just run at him like we talked about? Well, he's solid, Carl. I mean, that's why he was who he was with Chicago. He had 163 tackles last year with the Bears. He's not missed a beat. Now he's been with he's been with Baltimore for a few games now, but he's over 130 tackles on the year if you combine what he did with Chicago early on. So he's just a seek and destroy linebacker. You've got to try to get a hat on him. He's a guy that can run around blocks and he's got the speed. He also takes on blocks now at, at 235, 240. So uh, very knowledgeable dude, understands the game. Um, this is not a guy you're going to fool or be able to out physical or anything like that. It's just going to be a matter of, of big boy football. You've got to put a hat on him and try to keep him out of the way for a moment so your guy can slip by. Art, you talk about you think about all the games this year, down to one possession, last part of the ball game. 
it's amazing how close, how razor thin that margin of error is. And I have all this faith in Arthur and, of course, Terry Fontenot. I think this can be flipped around really quickly next year, just based on what's happened this year. Yeah, I would agree with you, uh, Rob. I think that, you know, when you're losing games big and there's a lot of problems and you're making a ton of mistakes and you got a lot of things to fix and this and that, this game, this team's playing in a lot of close football games. And you hear the analogy all the time and, and you kind of wonder if there's a lot of truth in trying to find a way to win. How do you, how do you find a way to win? This is a young football team. We're going to have three rookies in key roles with Drake London, Ritter, the quarterback. And certainly you mentioned Algier running the balls, three young guys that you're the balls in their hands, a predominant amount of the time. And, and so those guys have to learn how to make plays, how to, how to make sure that they do the right things, whether it's throw the ball away. If you're Ritter ball coming out on time, ball security, if you're Drake London, those are all things they're learning to do, but uh, being in close games ramps the pressure up. They're, they're, at this point, as you mentioned, they've played virtually in every game has come down to the wire. They're getting comfortable with that feeling of being in tight football games. Yeah. Now they just got to get that one more play, one more play over the hump, hold on to the ball, one more throw, uh, one last block. You hang on just a little bit longer so you get a guy free. I think it's coming, and I would agree with you. I think there's a, there's a yeah, the things you're going to be able to add to this team in the offseason with some of the stuff you've seen from the young players is very encouraging. Dave Archer, our guest, guys, he is the analyst for our Atlanta Falcons, and uh, we're talking about Ravens-Falcons tomorrow, by the way. Lots of games on Saturday, most of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, and our kickoff here on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, 1 o'clock, pregame is at 11. All right, um, I don't know what the weather is going to be like up there. I, obviously, it's going to be cold. I want to ask you about special teams and the role it will play on a Saturday where it may be breezy, uh, obviously, you know, there could be snow. I don't know. This cold front that's hitting us and then moving east, obviously it's going to affect a lot of games on Saturday. Yeah, I think you're right, Carl, and that could be one of those kind of plays that, you know, you're, you know you're going to be punting. There's going to, Both teams are going to punt the football, uh, and so you got to have a guy on the other end to catch it. Um, I do like the guy that Atlanta's got in, in Avery Anderson or Avery Williams, you know, Avery Williams played at Boise State. I mean, this is not going to be a first rodeo for him to be in a cold-weather game, having played his games in Boise. You look at the other side, and Devin Duvernay, who's been in Baltimore now for a couple of years, he's a guy who played at Texas. And I don't know if that comes into play, but you begin to think about these. This is not a, a normal game from a cold temperature standpoint. A lot of these teams will play in cold-weather games, but this one's going to be a little bit more magnified. So, if it's a guy that's done it before, and certainly Avery Williams did it for, for several years uh, at Boise State, you kind of like that kind of lean in your direction. Now, how do the kickers handle it? You know, that, that'll be a situation where you get two really good kickers in this game, arguably two of the best kickers in the game. Justin Tucker, you could say, is maybe the best kicker. Mm. And Youngway Koo, how he's performed over the last couple of years, he's not very far behind him. So uh, this, this could come down to one of those two guys. Uh, and you like both those guys. Now, which one handles the, the situation better? Obviously, we'll, they'll play out. But, yeah, third phase of the game, Carl, could be a big deal. How did uh, Matt Campbell and your Iowa State Cyclones do on signing day? They're going to the portal. Got to do better than that 4-8 and eight record, but I like your coach. He's a good coach. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. He's a good good man, good coach. It probably stemmed the tide on everybody trying to come after him. You know, there were so many people that wanted him that uh, now you go yeah, four and eight, right. nobody wants you anymore. So you get a chance to hang in there. And, and But they had a solid recruiting class. I think they're in the top, 20, top 30 in the country. I think they checked in at 29 or 31, somewhere in that neighborhood, which is about right for Iowa State. 
But a couple of young guys are excited about. It. There's an edge rusher and a young quarterback coming in that might vie for the for the starting job. So, but uh, Big Twelve, no joke now. I know everybody wants to say, "Get ready, TCU's gonna <laughs> TCU's gonna line up now, and they're gonna see what they got." Yeah, I, I we've talked about this. I mean, you know, and it's it's no bias. You just you gotta you gotta give them credit for what they've been able to do. Listen, I don't know if there's a team that's had more adversity in these games going into this playoff than TCU. Michigan hadn't had it. Not like that. Not having to come back four or three separate times from double digits and, and being able to, to to overcome. I think that matters in these playoff games where you, you you might get a touchdown scored on you or two and you're like, we've been here, you know? Yeah, I agree with you, Carl. The experience that I don't think that they necessarily want to get themselves behind Michigan in this game too far. Certainly down seven, down ten would be no no deal. But, I mean, you get behind like they did against K-State and came from behind 18 down at 28-10. I don't think you want to do that because Michigan's going to be able to possess the football. They're going to take the ball out of your, out of your quarterback's hands and Max Duggan, the runner-up to the Heisman, and, uh, and he won't see the ball enough to get himself back in the game. So I think they're going to have to stay closer in this game against Michigan. But uh, I do like, uh, do like them not panicking. That's not that's something that Sonny Dykes' team is going to do. No doubt. Arch, have a great call, man. We appreciate you stopping by. Again, our coverage begins at 11. Kick is at 1 right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Merry Christmas, Arch. Merry Christmas, guys. Y'all take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 